Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... So, ladies and gentlemen, coming up first, making her way to the stage, give it up for Celine Garza. Hello. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Um, I'm kind of celebrating because I'm kind of a dad. Um, I'm a single parent, so I like to uh, say that I'm a parent fluid and kind of mom and dad, something I came up with today. Um, So I play ball with my kids and dress up. Um, And I actually have like a whole different like story planned for tonight, and I was going to talk about like how to have sex with uh, someone with a very small penis. But um, it was just taking a while to kind of like flesh that out and... uh, uh, and, uh, you know, just pretty much like, hey, I Googled how to have sex with a small penis. I tried it. I still wasn't sure if he was in there. So, you know, it, it would have been just a very short story. So, you know. Ha, But I decided to, uh, to talk about my dad. Uh, he passed away. Really sad, you know, just going from, like, penis joke to dead parents, but, um, <laughs> but I, my dad was just like, he was, he was pretty fucking awesome, and he, he le- lived his life um, with, you know, three kind of, like, rules, like, laugh, have confidence, and be optimistic, and I, I learned so much from him, and, um, and any time that, you know, I had some kind of problem whether it was school, whether it was a boy, I had to make some decision or something, um, he would always just say, like, shut the fuck up. You got this. You're a Garza. And, uh, and just remember, we're not Mexicans. We're Mexican. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah. And, hey, Mexico won today. World Cup. All right. Woo! I didn't even watch it, but, <laughs> but I, I Googled it. Um, so... <laughs> So he, you know, he always just gave me that, you know, so my brother and I were just like, shit, yeah, we're Mexicans, you know, we're going to do this, and, uh, and just to kind of give you an idea of, like, the relationship my, my dad and I had, um, I'm the oldest, I, had a young, I have a younger brother, JJ, and uh, we're four years apart, and um, my dad was a, a mechanical engineer by trade, and he just loved to tinker and fix things all the time, and one summer, uh, the washing machine broke, and... Uh, he was calling out my brother because, you know, he's the man. I don't know. He's like, JJ, come help me. My brother's, like, on the computer playing, like, Civilizations or Roller Coaster Tycoon or some shit, building the Matrix or something. And I'm on AOL Messenger talking to dudes, much like I do to now, but except I use Tinder now. So, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, Dad, I'll, I'll help you. So he had to pull out the, the washing machine from the laundry room, pull it onto the garage, lift it up onto the bed of his truck, and I was like, yeah, I got this. I'll help you out, Dad. And I did. I, I helped him out. And um, after we set it on the, on the bed of the truck, he's all sweaty, and you know, both of us are like, whew, can't believe I did that, you know? And uh, he looks at me, he says, thank you. I said, yeah, Dad, sure. He's like, no, no, thank you for always being the son I never had. <laughs> and that's like this long-running joke now. I still like, give my brother shit about it. 
Um, <laughs> and that was just like the sense of humor he had and that we had in the household. Like we were just always laughing. Um, and, you know, at that, that point, you know, you're 16, your parents are going to live forever. You're going to live forever. And uh, I took so many instances for granted. You know, I, I moved away. I still kept in touch. I mean, daily I'd talk to my parents um, and my dad. And I always went to him for any kind of, like, advice, you know. Like, any time that I had just something heavy on me, I'd, I'd call dad. He maybe wouldn't help me, but he just always, like, believed that everything would work out somehow. And that, you know, made me feel better. Like, dad knows it's going to work. And besides, you know, I'm a Mexican, you know, <laughs> so I got this. And... Um, a few years after I moved away, after college, married, had a child, he was diagnosed with a fatty liver disease. So my dad was like this big, six-foot-one, 300-pound guy, and for him it was a joke. I got fatty liver, ha-ha, because I'm fat. And I'm like, Dad, you know, maybe you should take care of that. And he's like, no, come on, I got fatty liver. And he's like, you're, just, you're built just like me. And I'm like, nah, Dad, I'm 5'4". <laughs> yeah, broad shoulders. He's like, you're big bone. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and then that kind of evolved to like you got baby fat and I was like oh alright <laughs> but um, you know, like it was just like that joking and he continued to joke about this disease that he could have reversed um, and, and he didn't and um, it, that evolved into uh, non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver and that's when he got a little bit more serious about his health and um, he lost a lot of weight he was so proud and he would like text message me pictures of his like green smoothies and I'd be like oh that's kind of gross and I would go visit it. my family's in Texas and he would make me this spinach blueberry thing and I'd be like hmm oh, this is pretty good um, but he was, he was proud that he was trying to reverse it but it's cirrhosis and it's your liver and um, things weren't looking so good and uh, the last time that I, I saw him living and walking was uh, April of 2017, last year. And we went to visit, and um, he wasn't the same gregarious man that I, I had always known. And uh, his eyes were sunken in, his skin color wasn't right. And um, my mom told me, hey, they, they found a spot in his liver, and it's, it's cancer. Um, but we're going to go to the Liver Institute, and they're going to run all sorts of tests, and he's going to get on the list to get a liver. But there was a prerequisite. I mean, you could not have cancer in, before you got a transplant. So he had to get chemo. And it was kind of like, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You get chemo, it could affect your health that's already not so great. You don't get chemo the cancer is going to kill you. Um, I spent a week over there with them and joked around, but it, he wasn't dad. He was always cold, and, you know, it's April in Texas, and it's just fucking hot as hell there, but he was covered up and sleeping a lot, and I was like, shit. You know, I, I sent my brother a text, and I said, dad doesn't look good. In May, he, he went to um, the Texas uh, the, the Liver Institute, and he, he went through with the, with the chemo. Um, about two days after the chemo, he collapsed 
on my mom and um, was rushed to the hospital. My mom calls me frantically. I'm over here in Virginia with two kids, and I mean, what do I do? Uh, and I said, do you need me to go, Mom? And she said, no, no, no. We got, you know, parents, I don't want you to worry. And uh, that was like a Thursday or Friday. Monday, you know, I kept checking in Monday. And my dad's still, like, stupid, being stupid and sending selfies of him, like, like, I was like, I'm like, Dad, don't send this shit. <laughs> and, um, and so Monday, my mom calls me. She says, you need to come. And at that point, I, I, uh, I got to work, and I just collapsed into one of my coworkers' arms, and uh, she helped me get everything squared away, got my, book, uh, my flight booked for myself and the kids, uh, Tuesday, I traveled with two kids in tow, and um, and I remember we were stuck and we were delayed in Houston because some like family got split up, and the lady wasn't at the gate, and they for some reason left the doors open when like when I'm late, they're like ah, doors are closed on the plane, can't get on, but for some reason they waited for this lady, and I'm just thinking, gosh, like this is time, this is time that I'm losing. I need to be there for my dad, and it just felt so felt so rushed and it felt so slow and um we finally took off and we landed in our hometown and uh my aunt was there my son had like pissed himself he was three years old and I had to change him and we rushed to the hospital and uh, I get there and I, I I see my dad in the most fragile state I'd ever seen him I'm sorry. Um, and he um, couldn't speak. His kidneys were failing. He was about to go into another procedure to do something. I don't know what it was. He looked at me, and uh, he blew me a kiss. And um, just before they wheeled him away, I ran over to him. I gave him a kiss on the forehead, and I said, I love you, Dad. It seemed like maybe five hours, but in the span of an hour, my dad died. Um, shit. <laughs> I practices, I swear I didn't even cry. But um, he passed away, and uh, it was just... We were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to be done with the procedure. He coded. The nurse kept coming back and forth. We still have a pulse. We still have a pulse. And it just it felt like it was just going in slow motion. And it wasn't really happening. And then it wasn't the nurse who came in. It was the doctor. And he just stood there. And um, he didn't say anything. And I, I just remember screaming, like, no, no. I just got here. the years since, uh, a lot of shit has happened, a lot of adult stuff that I've had to deal with that I wish I could just call my dad and just hear him, just tell me, like, shut the fuck up, everything's going to be fine. And, uh, and I do, I do hear him. I do hear him still. And that's, uh, to me, it's just so incredible. I have this one picture of him on my dresser, and it's just him giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, just recently with hating my job and going through a divorce and I'm like, fuck, like, I need to talk to dad. And uh, I was actually up two nights ago and I'm, you know, freaking out. I'm like, what am, what am I going to do? And um, I just kind of laughed because <laughs> I remembered I'm not a Mexican. I'm a Mexican. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.